0: And Welcome to the Unions 21 Podcast, your regular digital download of all that's good in the trade union movement, both in the UK and beyond.
1: Welcome everyone, we're back for 2019.
0: (laughs) With me, Simon Sapper.
1: And me, Becky Wright. Later
0: on in this programme, we're going to be talking musical flash mobs. Have you ever heard such a thing? Outside of the movies, perhaps, we're also going to be talking Mm. about whether the TUC's megaphone initiative is more megaphone or more foghorn. Controversial, maybe. But first...
1: Simon just slipped that one in before we
0: actually began. But Simon's
1: going along with the digital clickbait. (laughs) (laughs) But first...
0: But first, first, uh, as we get to the end of Heart Unions Week, the annual now celebration of the trade union movement, great initiative from the TUC, genuinely, which puts union achievements and union presence on a profile... We look back to something that was a bit of a curtain raiser for uni- for Heart Unions Week, wasn't it? Which is the GMB deal with Hermes.
1: Congratulations, GMB, on your deal with Hermes.
0: And actually, fair play to Hermes for, you could say, belatedly waking up and smelling the coffee.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's two things to this, isn't there? Which is that you've got unions making real headway into the quote-unquote gig economy and uh, looking at how they can get their foot in the door to negotiate and how they negotiate. um, I'm, It's interesting to see that whole idea of self-employed plus and then negotiating that. I saw some stuff on Twitter where people were saying, well, how does this work in terms of the kind of definitions and kind of going backwards and forwards about whether this is about not necessarily creating a new category in the kind of legal sense, but just... Uh, improving on what we've got which is what trade unions do all the time anyway improving on the legal minimums Um, so it was really interesting to see some of the kind of employment law discussions that were happening on, on Twitter about this but I think it's great GMB had a foot in the door and they used it and they were willing to sit down and and get this deal and importantly hermes were willing to sit down and get this deal
0: i think it shows it shows the power of negotiation to to reach agreements where at first none seem none seem possible but it shows a really smart approach adopted yeah. by the gmb to work out exactly where the bargaining unit, i suppose it, yeah you know, it, yeah it, it, which is
1: always that thing that we kind of tri- can trip up on, really, isn't it? Well,
0: especially given the legal framework surrounding, you know... Central like Arbitration it. Committee. Yes. Um,
1: and I just wanted to pick up on something that Tim Roach, the General Secretary of the GMB, said in their press release, Press release, which was, full credit to Hermes, they're showing that the gig economy doesn't have to be an exploitative economy, and we look forward to working with them through this groundbreaking agreement. Other employers should take notice. This is how it's done.
0: Absolutely. I think uh, Tim is absolutely right to say it. Other employers take note. But an interesting kind of subplot to this, subtext to this, is that there's a recognition that zero-hour contracts aren't necessarily exploitative and aren't necessarily bad. Uh,
1: there was two two things that struck in my mind when I saw this. The first one was at a Union's 21 conference a couple of years ago, maybe about three years ago, um, the then Assistant General Secretary back to Luke uh, Crawley, I think his name, was, sorry, uh, to family, if I've got that wrong. He, there was a discussion around zero hours contracts and Luke said what actually you have to think about, at least from their perspective, was the difference between a zero hours contract in a union environment and a zero hours contract in a non-union environment and how that is regulated and how those are enforced. There was a really interesting article by Sarah O'Connor in Pro who is, of the Financial Times, but she was writing Prospect magazine, and she was talking about the uh, enforcement of the minimum wage, but it just made me think, you know, the, bi- the, the greatest kind of enforcer of all of these kind of exploitative practices are unions, and so therefore there is a, a, a difference between a zero hours contract on a quote-unquote union contract and a zero hours contract where there isn't any kind of ability be enforced and there is a difference in a zero I mean zero hours contract is what drew me to the trade union movement I was on one but I also saw women who were on an eight-hour contract who were regularly working 30 to 40 hours a week and I think they're in all of this we've been unpicking it and and as you said you've got the headline figures but actually it's a lot more complicated than that in all of these kind of contractual arrangements so I, I think it's really interesting the other thing of course, is would this podcast go a an episode without me mentioning Swedes? Which is one of the things that our colleagues were saying with our podcast with them, which is that sometimes things aren't inherently evil. It's how they're kind of manifested themselves. So the idea that you've got a GPS tracker, for example, is not necessarily a bad thing, but it is if it's used to track your every movement and what's the role in the union to do all of those sorts of things.
0: Context is everything, by by and large. You're right. Moving on in this unions week, um, I think a shout-out to um, Employee Relations. It's a magazine, a periodical magazine, that's published by Emerald Insight Publishers. uh, And they are showcasing... Things that are being spoken of at a conference in Birmingham that took place uh, th- this week ab- about the future of work, about 150 years of the trade union, the TUC, about collective bargaining—is there a resurgence? If so, what does it look like? Look like? And the great thing about about. This particular item that we're talking about is it's free stuff, and by that I'm, I mean that, that Emerald Insight, and I don't mind name-checking them over this because they've said that this edition of Employee Relations, with all those papers, including just just leafing through the the, the contents here, <laughs> not stuff, a
1: paid ad. People, <laughs> it's, it's not.
0: It's not. This is free, this is free stuff. It's about. Yeah, about, this is got,
1: us being excited mm, over content.
0: You know, organize. Or, Organising Challenges and Responses to the Changing na- Nature of Work, a paper written by our, our friends Mel Sims and James Holgate, with Carl Roper pitching in, in as well. Looking back over 50 years since, since Dagenham, you can download this free, but only for a month.
1: Yeah, and also Towards a New Web of Rules, an international review of institutional experimentation to strengthen employment protections. I got a heads up on that uh, a bit earlier. Our, our friend of the podcast, Chris Wright, wrote that, along with um, Alex Wood, who was at our conference last year.
0: So, well worth, well worth checking out. Yeah, I,
1: oh, and also, I must just name check, well, I, I haven't read it yet, but I'm really interested in reading The Resilience of Collective Bargaining, A Renewed Logic for Joint Regulation uh, by the University of Greenwich guys, so it's quite interesting.
0: So, good good stuff, good stuff. Yeah, so
1: if you are as nerdy as Simon and I, which we think you might be if you're listening to this podcast, you will enjoy that, that little uh, freebie.
0: We may be nerdy, but we're not. We're not daft. Nerdy for nights. But, nice. but and, and prize. My prize for daft employer of the week goes. I'm afraid to Birmingham City Council. Birmingham City Council are, council are embroiled in a long-running dispute with bin collectors uh, who are members of Unite. Uh, two unions got recognition uh, in the bin collecting community in Birmingham: Unite and GM, GMB. And it looks like. It looks very much like, and certainly Unite are saying, that actually when there was a dispute in 2017, GMB members decided not to go on strike. Unite members did go on strike. GMB members received a financial bonus for not going on strike. And this whole notion about equality in the workforce has really reared its ugly head. During a time when there's all sorts of restructuring in, in, in operations as well, there's the threat of redundancies. I think redundancy notices were issued and then withdrawn and then issued again. It's an absolute mess. And feelings are clearly running high because Unite members voted like something like ninety-four percent to take industrial wow. action just before Christmas, and negotiations have broken down. And so it looks like there is going to be rubbish left uncollected on the streets of Birmingham from say the nineteenth of February unless a breakthrough can be found. But whew, I, I just, just
1: what uh, a palaver!
0: I mean, uh,
1: well, and that is my insight into all of that. But you just, what a palaver! You, you want a palaver uh, but you just kind of wonder. Well, you do and you don't, about how, how do how do employers get themselves into this kind of...
0: Well, I suppose people can get themselves into a virtuous cycle, a mm-hmm. virtuous circle of, of, of you know, everything they do turns out to make things worse. But there's no doubt that, that kind of the employer holds the aces in their, their hand on this one. Then you start playing them. They're the ones who can, who can sort of take away the barriers to negotiations. Yeah. Um, but they're going to have to take a... Take a deep breath and step up to the plate, I think.
1: Well, the other... Th- okay, so uh, th- this is the one I really was very intrigued by, which is that the uh, members of the Musicians' Union of the MU are mobilising for a musical flash mob.
0: Superb. Brilliant <laughs> idea. Brilliant uh, idea. I, I love
1: this idea. And i tell you why I also love this idea. Because for two reasons, everything is for two reasons in this episode, listeners. The first one is, I love a non-traditional union tactic. I love doing stuff like this. I think it's really funny and it's really creative. And the second thing is that it goes to show that for unions such as the Musicians' Union, which organise in the atypical workforce where most of their members aren't actually directly employed, Uh, they are either contracted or they are uh, self-employed, you can still mobilise and organise around issues that people care about and people also care about things like cuts to school funding, cuts to their particular area. And I have been um, very fortunate to spend some time with the Musicians Union of Finland recently Globetrotter. I, uh, it sounds way more glamorous <laughs> than what it is. It's great. Helsinki was a really interesting city. I heartily recommend it to everybody. And it was great to spend a couple of days with that union talking about um, Organising, and I just kept going around saying, Oh, do you know who, which politician, what their music they like? You should just get your members to follow them <laughs> playing music as they go into meetings. And they looked at me a bit quizzically. Um, but I love that kind of stuff, and I think it's really great, and it does show that you can organise around non-traditional union issues.
0: And have very effective collective voice on on, on, those, on those issues. Exactly. You were saying that there's two ways of looking at most of the things we're talking about in this public podcast, and that's certainly the case in something that caught my eye, uh, which is the behind-closed-circuit conference that was organised by the Scottish TUC on the Wednesday of this week, on the 13th of Feb. Feb. Uh, that was the strapline for their conference. It had a, a you know a very comprehensive agenda, looking at all the ins and outs of, of, of organising and collective voice and, and many other th- think things before. But ironically, what was just as interesting to my mind as the conference and the people the speakers who were there is that ITV picked it up. Now, yeah, when do when do you, you see stuff on ITV about unions that isn't about strikes and bad stuff?
1: Yeah, it's so interesting.
0: Maybe in this week of heart unions, maybe the zeitgeist really is kind of starting to starting to change you you know well, and if
1: we're talking about being with the cool kids let us not forget ec- our uh, supporter equities efforts ah, this week
0: show your equity card show your you must have seen card. it on my twitter
1: card my union who who has missed if you've missed helen mirren showing her union card well honestly people uh, i have to say by far my favorite union campaign this week it's been so good, and what I really loved about it was how it felt right for Equity and their members. They had obviously their star studded, uh, kind of members, both international and national, but they also had members who you wouldn't necessarily know. They had a, a real sort of diverse uh, casting of their members, it was really great to see. And what I also really loved about it was that then other members got involved. So they had obviously their photo shoot ones and then they had other members kind of coming in with their card and showing their card. And I think when you're dealing with a workforce that is disparate, these kind of visual campaigns are really good. And it's, I think it's right for that particular union. I'm not sure it would work for every union, but it just felt like it was right for that union.
0: I agree, I agree and that I think leads us neatly on to the, uh, the TUC's launch of the Megaphone initiative. I was being a bit unkind by saying, is it, is it you a Megaphone? You being oh, very clickbaity court. with well, that one Simon. But I love it, I mean if you, if you, if you want to look at it, make just uh, Google search Megaphone UK and you will get to the TUC's megaphone site. It's a bit like kind of change.org but really souped up and orientated towards unions very campaign orientated and one of the things I really like about it is it brings to the fore something that's been hidden perhaps uh, in terms of the TUC's on, online pr- presence and that is right at the top on the main the, the main navigation bar there's do you want to join a union click here and you get into the the sort of navigational tool that will say you know what's your industrial sector what's your job here are the range range of unions and I think that's really good. Yeah. In, in terms, in terms of marrying a new, fresher approach to mobilising for campaigns with a directory and easy access, common portal to to, to unions, and, and not before time.
1: Yeah, I think well done to the TUC for getting this off the ground. To John Wood and Anthony Hayes for doing that. I, I mean, it it I really want to see the campaigns running and what they look like. I think they would be really engaging and. It Like like all of these sorts of things. I think there's one thing to campaign in a workplace. I think there's a whole nother thing to campaign in the workplace and then encourage union membership, because ultimately that's what we need to do, is encourage people to be union members, because they are the foundations of the movement. Without that, we can't do negotiations. Well, you can
0: have all the public policy you like. You can have all yeah. the architecture you like. But actually, unless you've got members and you've got them organised, at, at workplace level, what have you got? I mean, yeah. you, you know, it's... it's
1: You're a toothless lion, I wouldn't say, but crocodile. That's
0: toothless lion, not liar. <laughs>
1: <laughs> a toothless lion. Toothless dragon. Basically, you're toothless.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well... Yeah, so We're not, though. We've got lots of things for us to get our teeth into and for you to get your teeth into, too, as we go forward into 2019.
1: Yes, listeners, we're busy planning and preparing and plotting for our next series, which will be starting in due course. But as ever, if you've got something that your branch or union is doing that you'd like us to highlight, please let us know. If you've got somebody you want to hear a bit more about, please let us know as well. You can email us at info at unions21.org.uk.
0: You can visit our website www.unions21.org.uk and if you put a forward slash and podcast on the end of that you'll get to all our previous episodes as well. Our main theme going forward is going to be about collective voice. You know, the, 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 actual, the absolute building block, the prerequisite to make sure that, that the needs of employees and workers are articulated, are heard, are acted upon.
1: So if you want to listen, don't forget to subscribe to your podcast provider of choice. Please rate us so that we can kind of beat those algorithms and go up to the top and share your love for the podcast. And
0: just say hi to us either on, either on Twitter or uh, <laughs> using the Unions 21 hashtag uh, and we'll certainly respond. So that's it for this time. We hope you've had a good Heart Unions week. We hope the New Year started in good style for you. We'll be back soon, as Becky has said, but uh, until then, from me.
1: And from me, goodbye. Goodbye.
0: The Unions 21 podcast was presented by Becky Wright and Simon Sapper. Links to all the stories and resources mentioned in this episode can be found on our website. This has been a Makes You Think production.